Happy Thursday, beautiful people. It is raining in the elm. Oh, my Lord. It took a lot for me to, to get on air because, you know, I grew up in a, I grew up with, with my, with, with my grandmama would say, oh, let God do his work. Don't, you don't turn on lights. You don't, you hear thunder rolling through, you get somewhere and be still. <laughs> I was like, ooh. So I just talked to myself like, grandma, I got to go to work. <laughs> my grandmother has passed, but that's what I'm saying. Cause I know she'd be giving me the side eye to turn on lights and, and turn on equipment. <laughs> It's amazing how the stuff that when you're a kid carries over into your adult life. Good morning. I'm Babs Ross Ivy. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. It is raining in the elm. Thank you, Nancy Alexander, for these beautiful little flowers. I came home and they were on my porch. And this morning I brought them in. And this morning when I walked into my little studio space, I could the whole they just smelled the they smelled the whole, the whole space smells like, I guess these are lilacs and honeysuckle or whatever. I don't know. It's just pretty and they smell good. It's just, and, they, and then look, I put them up against my skin. I look beautiful. So thank you for that. Um, the wedding yesterday went off without a hitch. I had such a good time. Thank you, Ife, for riding shotgun because child riding to Essex was a trip, but we got it. We got there and got back. I'm drinking some ginger beer this morning. Thank you, Nancy Alexander. I love a good fresh ginger beer, let me tell you. I didn't used to. Um, maybe because I really have some bad Because I, I love ginger ale, but a ginger beer gives me the that uh, that I like in ginger ale. A little more potent. So um, the wedding was beautiful. Charlie and Taryn um, are happily married. And... I enjoyed myself. I mean, they really trick, tricked out the, uh, the Hadline public house, her family, lovely, lovely people. Um, Colleen and her, Colleen Shattuck and her husband should be very, very proud. Um, it was a wonderful, wonderful wedding. I enjoyed myself very, very much. They made sure I had food to eat that was uh, dairy-free. It was a good time. Listen, so the, the bride's family, they're from Texas. So her mom and her mom's wife, I believe her mom's wife is Mexican or Mexican descent. So, you know, they had a whole tequila situation set up. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen such a well done tequila section. They had little mason jars. And they filled them halfway with tequila, like a, a margaritas, margaritas. And then they had a huge bucket of ice. And then they had the, if you wanted more, there was a whole little spigot of margaritas. I was impressed. So, so this was the before the wedding cocktail hour. I had to pace myself because I was like, well, I can't drink too many of these because I've got to be in good form. Them damn things was good as all get up. So Ife found out, Ife was my date. So Ife found out what the, asked ask the, the mother, uh, what's the what's the tequila? Because, <laughs> you know, we can go find it. Sorry, I got to drink some. 
ginger beer because I need it. It's like having coffee, but not. So it was beautiful. I had such a good time. Lovely people. We left and they was about to get started dancing. I was like, mm, we now stand up in this, this part of the Connecticut at this late. <laughs> it was fine. We had a good time. I'm, I'm, uh, it was my honor and pleasure to be a part of uh, the joining of two souls. Um, they are a lovely, lovely couple. And, uh, and they've got um, festivities planned for the rest of the weekend. I think their family is leaving on Monday or something. So high five to them, Charlie and Taryn. They are married. And yesterday is my son's birthday. So my son Gregory turned 24 yesterday. I don't know. In my mind, I'm always thinking he's just turning 21. He's like, Ma, I'll be 24. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> And my kids don't call me ma. You know what they call me? They call me mom or mommy. I don't know where they get that from. That's what they do. So, um, so yeah, so he turned. I saw him over the weekend because, you know, he had to come do his laundry. And, uh, and he had said he was going to come and bake his cake because that's our, our tradition. I taught them. I taught them how to bake their own birthday cakes. And that's what we've always done. So they never, they're not strayed away from that. So they might not do it on their birthday, but I guarantee you he'll be over here this weekend baking the damn cake. I mean, that's just what they, that's just how they, it's just in them now. So, so yeah, so it's nice to see your children grow. Lovely to see them grow. And it's going to be a rainy, rainy day in the Elm. Rainy. Rainy, 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 rainy. So uh, I'm braced for it. I don't have much on. I don't have much on the plate today. I've got my um, my race and law class. That's at uh, five o'clock, but that's online. So I don't go anywhere, but except right here, I have to meet with my um, Yale access to law school coach at one thirty. I'm meeting her at Fussy Coffee because I'm I'm. I'm already, already having questions about what I'm supposed to be doing. We're working on personal statements. I don't got three drafts. I have three different drafts. Three. So I got to narrow it down because I got to have the ones that I'm going to work on come Saturday. So we'll see. So. I gather yesterday that Bob Stephanopoulos, is that Stefankowski? What is his, whatever. Bob, BS, was, uh, <laughs> was, was camped out in New Haven yesterday in New Hallville. And this is the stuff that I cannot stand about white people, particularly white politicians, particularly white male politicians. So I, I don't understand, I guess he, I guess he's walking back down memory lane. I, I guess. I, I don't understand. Because if I'm a politician and I'm and I'm not anymore, but I guess I always am, but I would not just show up and set up my little amp, you know, speaker and microphone in front of a place. I I'd I'd actually try to meet with some people, right? And just get a real, like if you're gonna, if you're gonna pretend. Pretend all the way. Like, don't half-ass pretend. See, I think that's the thing that I don't like. 
you, you we already know you not you don't give a damn about black people that's number one number two you don't even know any black people in new haven that's number number two right one you don't like black people two you don't know any black people three and you were part of white flight your peoples was a part of white flight out of new haven so i i i'm i i'm I'm at a loss as to why you think you could just come in New Haven, set up a stand, talk to, try to talk to black, get some photos with black people, some random Negroes. <laughs> talk about what taxes, what, what, why are you talking about? Do, do you even know what the number one issue is facing folks in New Haven? Did you, did you do some reconnaissance work? you know what, this is just crap. If I was him, and I'm not, don't want to be, I would have had my staff, and I'm sure there's no Black people on this staff. If there are, they're bringing in lunch. I, I, it's harsh, I know. If I'm wrong, I will apologize, and I'll be wrong. I don't know who's running this campaign. But if I'm coming into New Haven, I would figure out who would be interested in meeting with me. I would gather some folks. And the easiest way to gather some folks is, you know, put out a little buffet spread somewhere in the neighborhood, rent out a hall, something, and have people come and you hear their concerns for two hours. You and, and the white woman who's running with you parachute in and do what? I'm just trying to understand. What, what was the point of that? So you could take some pictures in New Haven without actually being in New Haven? I'm like these white folks is just emboldened to do crazy stuff. I don't, and then our, our lackluster, not, not lackluster, our mediocre bear, and the alderman president holds a press conference to say, what, what now? <laughs> I, I wouldn't even spend my time refuting BS. But what was it Bob Stefanopoulos? Stefanowski, Bob Stefanowski. I wouldn't even waste my energy, but okay, that's what you're going to spend your money doing or your time doing. I, I just, I, the trickery and the mess it's just too much. Yeah, it's just just too much. Too much. Too much. So that's my take on that. Now, so I, I get up, I, I, I read the New Haven Independent last night, I find out that uh, George Edwards has passed. And, uh, you know, he has been so much a part of my political life. I've known George for a very long time. And we used to, we used to get together on a regular basis too. This is Sam and he used to call me and we used to have these ridiculously long conversations, you know, I mean, long conversations. And it, and it would always just be a, a honest to God history lesson on black, 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 everything. And, I like George. I never thought he was crazy. I never thought he was out of line. I never thought I mean, he was wild sometimes, but he was 
he was honestly wild. So he has passed. And uh, I just feel like New Haven just lost another great piece of itself. That George was so much a part of the New Haven landscape and the fabric of what community is, you know, and he really was the conscience. You know, he was, he was lest we forget in real life. Do you know what I mean? Like, lest we forget the Panthers, lest we forget, um, you know, that time in our history, lest we forget uh, organizing is a tool, lest we forget the ways of white folks, lest we forget. He is lest we forget. And uh, I didn't realize, you know, he was 80, 85, I guess. So um, interesting. So thank you, Paul Bass, for writing such a wonderful homage to him. Um, I, I, I want to know when those services are. I mean, who, no, I don't know anybody in this city who has not been touched by George Edwards. I know of no one who has not been touched by him. And if you haven't been touched, it's probably because in these last few years, you just didn't know him. Um, but he was around. Oh my God. What a, what a spirit. And a larger than life presence, really. A larger than life presence. Uh, George Edwards, you are missed already. You are already missed. And uh, New Haven will not, will not, will never uh, be the same. And, and, and we don't want it to be. So I hope you rest easy knowing that you had some influence in the direction of the city and the way that people think about this city and the way that people think about neighborhoods and black and brown people and the history of this city. So, all right, friend, you gonna hang out with the rest of the Panthers that have gone before you. And uh, I suspect it would be quite celebratory. So anyway, uh, that's it. That's it. So uh, I'm still on the New Haven Independent site. So Yale New Haven Hospital is cutting 155 management jobs. How do you do that? So it laid off 72 hospital managers Wednesday and eliminated another 83 vacant administrative positions in the system-wide restructuring because of rising costs and expected 300 million deficit Ugh. Don't they have a lobbying arm to work with these, you know, the press congressional leadership to do something about health care costs in this country? Is it in their best interest to do that? I'm just, I don't know. I have to, I have to maybe have somebody on to come and talk about this. Because they don't seem to be at a loss for buying up properties and stuff. So no shade. I, I have no idea what the financial situation is over there. I just know what they said. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna finish the year with a $300 million loss. So I'm like, okay, let's, uh, okay, let's, let's, let's see what's happening. So, uh, 
Let's see what they do. I know what they're telling us. Let's take a deeper look. Not, I'm not saying I don't trust them. Not saying that. They know what they need to do. But, you know, they, they're, not a, they're not in a loss for money for building the neuroscience center or whatever it is, research treatment center. Not, nothing's going to get in the way of that. So I guess for me, I would have just led with that. Because we building this, we gotta do this. <laughs> That's how I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm not thinking about this correctly. When I read this, I'm thinking, oh, we are building a new neuroscience research and treatment center at the St. Rayfield's campus. And because of that, we gotta cut all these jobs. That's not how that go. No, I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. I listen, I don't. I don't have no problems being wrong, but if that's what it is, start there. Don't tell me, oh, we got to cut 200 jobs or whatever we got to do and because we're going to have a deficit. And then at the bottom go, oh, yeah, but we're going to keep moving forward with the neuroscience because that's important. It's like, okay, so did you just move the 300 million from that line to that line? I'm just trying to understand. Oh, you need $300 million to finish the neural center? What? I know. Let me stop with somebody pushing me off a cliff. I don't know. That's just how I see it. It just seems odd to me that you would talk about a deficit, but you ain't shutting down the project that might be creating a deficit. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I don't know what they do at their house over there. I don't know how their money rolls. I don't know how they spend their money. You know, I don't know. It just seems to me, it just makes sense that you would say that instead of pretending whatever else. So, <sighs> oh, God. So the New Haven PD is buying drones because <laughs> we just never cease to be amazing. Star Chase GPS launchers. The New Haven Police Department is planning to acquire two drones and a set of GPS equipment that can latch onto cars implicated in crimes. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. We'll talk about that. Maybe we get the pundits back to pundits. We could dissect that how much do these drones cost i don't even want to open it i don't even want to open up the 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 story because i i don't want to know yet so i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep scrolling i'm gonna, I'm gonna leave the new haven pd me well i guess drones are better than tanks you could actually do something with the drones you know, and use them on top of the 500 cameras we putting in, I mean, 600 cameras. How many cameras? Drones and cameras, that's what we're doing now? Okay. All right. <laughs> I just want to know. Okay. Okay. Uh, edibles send four New Haven Public School students to the hospital. Edibles. So did somebody bring edibles to school because their parents or their cousins or somebody 
Now we got to deal with that foolishness. There are layers to this. Let's legalize marijuana. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Okay. I'm not going to read that one either because I know it's chock full of foolishness. Uh, Takeaway is leaving downtown New Haven. That's probably one of the most economical Indian food spots in the city. And by right, uh, uh, Indian food is not hella expensive, but they were the, you know, the least expensive ones. And our food was quite good. And, uh, and you, it was like takeout. So you could go in there and get food rather quickly. I loved it. Wait till I tell my daughter, Margot, she's going to be heartbroken because that's her little favorite spot. Uh, and I, I did read it yesterday. I think um, the, the man who owns it um, has got some other issues that he's got to, he's got uh, health. I think there's some health challenges in his family or something. But anyway, um, he was here for a good while and uh, had a good run. But now he's like, I got to go. So, you know, uh, that's too bad. That was such a good place. Good place. And, you know, it's a good place, like, if you wanted to do, you know, the uh, Uber Eats or Grubhub, you know, have it delivered. It's always, it always good. Always good. I'm a little bummed by that. No, I I don't like my, my favorite spots, just, you know, that's a close-up shop, you know. And I know New Haven has tons and tons of food places. We are a food town. I get it. We are. I'm happy about that because you can get, you can get all kinds of food that you want, all kinds, from Caribbean to African to, and African meaning there's Ghanaian, there's um, Eritrean, there's, um, Ethiopia. I mean, there's all kinds of food, right? Nigeria. I mean, you could get, I mean, God knows you could get jollof rice, a, a couple of places. So, so we, we are a food town. <sighs> but it's still, you don't want to see these good places go. You just don't, you know, good places where um, the food is really good and the vibe is good and all the things. So just saying, just saying, just saying. So yeah, um, that's, that's, uh, that's some news right there. So yeah. Um, I don't know if people have been following the Wyndham Campbell Festival. It is going on. You can catch a lot of it virtually. I have to find out, um, um, yesterday was the Langston Hughes photographs of Africa, and uh, it was a conversation. I believe my friend Andrew went, so I had to find out if he enjoyed it. I hope he went, um, and I want to hear about it. If he did, uh, it was yesterday. Um, so if you're not, I think today is like the last day for it. So um, tune in if you can. Uh, a lot of them, a lot of them are are virtual. And I think a lot of them, after the fact, you could go and download um, like the stuff at the Beinecke and all that kind of stuff. Um, tomorrow is the uh, Arts and Ideas, International Festival of Arts and Ideas Gala at the Marcel. I've been dying to get in there. So I'm going, I'll be there. And then the Jamaican American Connection Gala 
is Saturday. I'll be in the space for that at the Omni. Um, Sunday afternoon, uh, David I. Muir uh, will be uh, at Bloom with his picture book, coffee table book of photographs of Jamaica, um, celebrating the 60th anniversary of his liberation from the crown. So, so if you'd like the 50th anniversary book and you have it, um, you might want the companion to it, the 60th. And he'll be on hand to talk about it and sign, sign the books and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to run by there. Um, there is a tribute to Alita uh, Stanton uh, at Bergamo's, Bergamo's on Sunday at starting at five. And so uh, Mike Mills and, and other musicians, they're going to be drumming and there'll be music and talking and speaking and just, just good fellowship around um, healing. So, so if you're around, that might be a, you might, you might, you might want to uh, get into space for that. I think I'm going to, after I leave um, Bloom, I'll run over there real quick and hang out for a minute um, over at uh, Bragamos. So five o'clock, hope to see you in the space. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, Bragamos is Rafael Ramos's um, playground over there. Um, the theatrical performance space playground. So if you've not been over there, I, I, I find it to be one of the coolest spots. It's, it's all the way in the cut off of Peck Street. It's a, it's a cool space. They do a lot of cool stuff over there. Um, and get in there if you can. God knows I don't know what festivals are going on this weekend. Because, you know, if it's a weekend in New Haven, it's a festival. <laughs> You know, we don't we don't joke around with festivals in this town. Let me tell you, baby. Um, my friend, uh, my friend, a tap dancing teacher, Alexis Robinson, on Saturday, this Saturday, they're doing a rooted in dance and music, a community performance project for open source. So they're putting a call out to artists of all ages and abilities interested in tap dance and live music. Now, I love Alexis Robinson, so. I, I just, I love Alexis Robbins. So I, I try to follow her along. They're going to be on her and the, uh, the woman that they're doing this with are going to be on um, at some point uh, in October. So if you've got some time this weekend, they start. So rehearsal is Saturday, September 24th, 12 to 3. So you only need to attend one rehearsal to perform. Six rehearsals will conclude in a show a potluck and a jam session with live music and special performances on October 29th from three to five. So, so get your dancing shoes out, people. I'm a, I, I gotta find my, I know where my tap shoes are. I just gotta dig them out. So I'm gonna try to make one of these performances so that I can like be a part of this. Uh, I'm not kidding. I really want to be a part of this. So uh, yeah, so. Uh, I want people to do it, you know. Uh, yep. So uh, if you're interested in that, and it doesn't matter, you can learn to tap dance. It's not hard. It's not a heavy lift. It's not rocket science. And she will, uh, um, she will walk you through and uh, hold your hand 
and get you right. So don't don't feel like, oh, I don't have the rhythm or whatever. That's everybody has rhythm. Everyone. It might not be the rhythm to the boogity beat, but <laughs> rhythm. <laughs> rhythm. <laughs> so so anyway, that's that. Um, Nick D. Maria is playing today in Brantford at the, uh, I don't know, where, at Live Jazz at 1928, which is in uh, on Main Street in Brantford. So if you don't know Nick D. Maria, then you, you don't, you, you're missing out on some good music. Um, so the Nick D. Maria Quartet is playing at the 1928 Cocktail Club. So I've been wanting to get out there. I don't think I could do it today, though. I got class. So and class doesn't end until, well, I could make it because class ends at seven. But mm, by the time I get out of class, I'm always like, oh, my God, my brain needs a, a rest. So, um, so it's unlikely. But, you know, at some point I'll be done with this particular race and law class. <laughs> I like it. I'm learning so much. I will say I'm I'm learning a great deal. So I I I I'm not upset about it. You know, it's not like I feel like it's a uh 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 a chore. It is not. It really is nice to be um getting my brain together um for a rigorous study. There's there's some real there's some real effort in that, you know, as I get myself ready for uh preparing for the LSAT. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. <laughs> let's let's just keep this train moving. My guest at 1015 will be uh, the principals from Booker T. Washington. So they didn't really, they didn't send me any information. I, I asked for information, they didn't send it. I sent them how to get on. So I'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, could y'all send me some stuff, anything? Some background, something, nothing. So we'll, we'll Good see. morning, Miss Ivy. Hello, Harry Drills. How you feeling? Pretty good. Um, uh, I'm getting a lot better. You sound better. Yeah, my voice is coming back. I didn't have it the last few days, so. You sound way better. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so coming on this morning is uh, Dr. Hickman. Um, which Karen actually works under him. And then also uh, Kenneth Joseph is coming on. Okay. How'd you get this information? Because Karen works there and... And she asked them because it's like, we don't know what is going on. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, um, she got an email because she's back today for the first time off of COVID. Um, so... She got an email that um, Dr. Hickman would be on a radio interview at 1015. Why, why wouldn't they tell me that, though? <laughs> <laughs> so I, so I, I said, well, can you confirm that? Um, confirm who's coming on? Um, initially, it was going to be... Oh, they they must have heard me, Harry, because they just sent me. <laughs> <laughs> initially, it was going to be um, both principals um, and... Uh, I guess um, Joseph is taking the place of 
Charmaine, I think her name is. Yeah. The, the middle yeah. school principal. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So. Uh, well, I, <laughs> they just said, funny how they send this out to their staff, but they'll send it to me first. And then I talk about it. Now I get it. Okay. Booker T. Washington. I see what I see it. So, yeah, so Dr. Reginald Hickman, who was the elementary school principal, yes. and, uh, and Mr. Ken, Mr. Kenneth Joseph, the family and community engagement manager. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not a good way to start, though. Let me tell you something. Uh, but... I, I, I'm probably thinking that Kara's listening to the show. Mm, and told them, like, <laughs> yeah, oh. she sent it. <laughs> So, um, Miss Karen Drills is your saving grace this morning. <laughs> yes, be nice to her for the rest of the damn school year because she really got y'all out of a bind this morning with this. Because I was like, I don't have no info. I don't know who's coming, which is fine. You know, we all we all welcome an opening here, so it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you know, you you know, you are you are the Babs Rolls Ivy. Yeah, I mean, well, the the fabulous Babs Rolls Ivy. Uh, the queen of morning radio in New Haven. Wow. Uh, there, wow. There is that. There is that. Queen? Uh, there's no other show uh, like the Bachelor's Live show. So. Wow. Not that, I'm, not that I'm biased or anything like that. Or, or listening to other shows. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> So I'm feeling oh, a lot better. I'm getting. I'm so glad. Do you do you actually feel like you're getting better? <clears throat> yeah, I'm getting. I all, all the the rest of the phlegm needs to come out, perhaps, but <clears throat> but other than that, um, my body the last two days felt like literally like I had guy run over, and I I didn't want to move. I mean, my the the hairs on my toes hurt. Mm-hmm. Mary, um, I'm telling you, this is exactly how I experience dairy allergy. It's the same. Oof. It's the same experience. It just and, takes um, two weeks to get over it. And if I would rub my head like this, the, the little hairs would hurt. Like if I was being stung by a bee and not now I could do that. No pain. So the pain is going. Hopefully I, I still have some joint pain, mm-hmm. which I, I read is one of the things that lasts a little longer yep. off of COVID. So that's why I'm in this study because they're trying to understand why, why when I have dairy allergies, it looks, it, COVID looks just like it. And I want to tell people, stop drinking milk. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I got to say this. I've had the flu before. I mean, maybe like 25 years ago, I haven't had the flu in a long time, but I don't remember my fingernails hurting or anything like that, you know? <laughs> I got to say, COVID is different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> COVID's a little different. The stuff that hurts with COVID is just crazy. I'm just telling people that the connection is milk proteins. I know. Nobody wants to listen to that, but <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I mean, I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't think I was going to get it. No, I, I'm sure you did. I think a lot of people, I mean, I'm never going to get it, but. I thought I was immune because everybody around me had gotten it. Oh, that was just a matter of time for you. Yeah. Just a matter this, of time. This time with Karen getting it. And uh, I think it's our bed being a queen size. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> oh, now, oh, now you go. <laughs> I think it's. I I think it's. Oh that. Lord, here we go. Now you're gonna blame it on because we were on two separate split king beds. Okay. Right? So, literally, when she coughed, she was right on me on my back. So, what is your point? Is your point to change no, no, the bed? No, no, no. I I I love the setup. I love not there not being too much space between us, but I need a little space <laughs> between us. So. Okay, which is it, Harry? <laughs> I, I know it, it, it all depends. That's what she said. I'm not understanding what you're saying here. You, you that's what she's talking like, out of both sides of your neck. <laughs> she's like, "Are you complaining?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, no, you know." Because I'm, I'm hearing you say. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So. I like to close this. But. But sometimes. No, I like to close this and I like the distance. Yeah. Sometimes when I want to turn over or roll over, I need to have some space. But, it's, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll work it out eventually. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but I haven't been connected the last few days but what's what's new in the news i i saw this morning i finally turned on the news this morning and i saw that putin is threatening us with nuclear weapons again oh yeah you know he's gotta i mean what else is he gonna do harry i mean his this he started the draft in his country right he's calling up these young people to make them go serve and you know what they're doing harry they headed for the hills oh you know, they're running they're deserting so <laughs> He did a what? Wait, you you're serious? He's doing a draft in his country? Yeah, like he's oh, call, you know all the God. all the um he's all the people calling, that are in reserves calling, oh, he's them, calling up. them all up. I mean that, and they're, and they're not going. They're 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 packing their little backpacks and heading for the hills. So know. he's and then you know the Ukrainians is taking back some land, some cities and towns. So you know. He's got to play that. I got nuclear weapons. I got to use it. <laughs> I'm I'm losing. <laughs> I, I yeah, don't know. I, I, and his I people mean, are suffering. Harry, the people in Russia are suffering. Somebody needs to go yeah. liberate them. <laughs> but you know, is is he? I guess is he like a wild animal cornered since he's if he's I think he's always been a wild animal cornered. I don't. I don't. Um. I wonder, I, I don't know, I haven't been keeping up with it, but the, are we taking him seriously about the nuclear? I mean, I, I, you know, Harry, you know, it's like if, you're, if your neighbor has a warhead, you know, you got to, he's like, I, the chances are I'm using it as a little far-fetched, but you know he has it, right? So you, <laughs> That's so you true. Gotta, you got to, you got to like, all right, all right. You can't that totally take it off the table and ignore it you gotta like that's true if your neighbor comes out the house with his shotgun all the time <laughs> and you, you're gonna be reluctant to go and say hey hey buddy get out of my parking spot right 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 <laughs> <laughs> so so i don't i don't i don't and you know he's 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 not interested in diplomacy and you know that off-ramp harry that you was hoping that he would take. He's not. He's not interested in the off ramp. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have they? I, I don't know. I, I, have they offered him an off ramp? Um, 
because I, I think Europe is getting close to offering him whatever because they're looking at a a freezing winter and they're dependent on his energy. So we'll see. And I think that he's counting on the suffering of the Europeans in the cold. Yeah. To to use that as leverage. <clears throat> so I mean that that's gonna be that's the component that we can't um measure because they're they're Europe. They're not <laughs> the United States. We know we know our resolve, but we don't know the resolve of other countries. So but well I guess I mean I, I see that his friends are still dying around him, so Harry, he gonna be he gonna be a man with nobody on his side because you I mean you can't just keep killing all your friends you can't <laughs> your friends you kill your you can't you can't keep killing all your friends and those are his friends <laughs> and those are his friends Harry not his enemies those are your Imagine. these people been rolling with you for a long time and they just turn up dead because they tell you well you know. You might want to, and then as soon as you as soon as you say that, you're met with you know destruction. You know, I was just like, what what is what are you doing, Putin? What are you doing? So I think he can't get out of this now, Harry. Now he looks like a laughing stock in the world. I mean, I think he's been looking like a laughing stock for a long time. You know, bragging about I could take these people in five days or whatever. It's been six months or nine months or however long it's been. And they and they just getting geared up. They hooping it up. So now you know he wants to be like, oh, I'll show y'all. I'll nuke y'all. I was like, well, you know, the winds blows both ways, baby. If you if you nuke them, you're nuking yourself. What are you doing? Ah. Well, you see, that's the problem with old dictators, right? <laughs> <laughs> that they don't see. Are you suggesting we need new dictators? Oh, no, I mean, I mean, old uh, the elderly, the, the, the elderly because they don't have much of a future to look forward to. <coughs> you know, so you're scared that you know, without power, they feel imp- you know impotent. So they they just so you, you're scared that they might to show to show because a bully only knows how to be a bully. So when you smack him in the mouth, what? they usually do is they try to go even bigger area you know so that's the thing with him that that's the scary part it does because it was you knew years ago you knew he understood mutual destruction right yeah knew that but now towards the end of his life does he care f y'all i don't care Kill everybody. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's the scary part, right? Oh, well, maybe he'll trip down some stairs and break his neck. <laughs> now, I'm not wishing that. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I don't know how do you get rid of a dictator, Harry, unless I know. You gotta you gotta be careful though, because he rolls down the stairs tomorrow. They'll be after you. I know. <laughs> Listen, I don't got no dog in that fight. <laughs> or, if he, or if he trips today, they'll be like bad roll. I mean, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get him. I was like, don't try to make me no scapegoat. Y'all, y'all, all y'all over there. Why didn't y'all flatten them stairs? Like, why didn't y'all put in precautions? 
don't put this on me. <laughs> That's your dictator. <laughs> we got our <laughs> own problems over here. <laughs> we got our own problems. We got our own problems. With, especially with these fools sitting, putting these 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 uh these folks on planes and sending them all over the country because they, I don't even understand. That's like human trafficking, man. Don't stop that. That's not even. That's not even a. Imagine if imagine if the indigenous people Harry did that to these first first pilgrims that came over here. Well, I imagine think- if they would have said. Imagine they to put them in canoes and 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 rafts, Harry, and say, "Go, go over here. This is where you want to go." <laughs> I, I, I tell you, the food will be better. You'll have better access. Send them somewhere. <laughs> I know the indigenous people was like, "Damn, that worked. We should have. <laughs> we should have did that." Instead I mean, opening, opening I mean, of course, arms. they should have been so friendly. Of course, you know. Um, well, you know, Harry, people never think that people are going to do you harm, right? Like, well, That's true, right? But, I mean, after reading history, we know now, right? I know. <laughs> so it's like, don't fall into the same you know, <laughs> mistakes. I mean, like, like if tomorrow E.T. shows up on your front step, assume the worst. Assume the worst. Really? You think so? I think so. It's, it's I think like, so. You know what, Harry? You're you're right. Because I think I think whatever terrestrials are here, they know how we roll. <laughs> I mean, they just know how we roll as humans. So they're like, humans are dangerous. <laughs> we gotta be ready for them at any time. They carrying guns, they about destruction. We gotta, we gotta strap up ourselves. That's right. I mean, they they look as, at us, and I mean, the only thing we're not doing now is eating each other, right? Cannibalism, Oof. but but we're close. Yeah. Right. So I hope not. I mean, you're looking down from the sky, and you say these people hate each other. They kill each other. What are they gonna do to me? Yeah. That's real, Harry. If I if I'm a terrestrial. And they are among us. I'm I'm convinced because it would be so easy to be among us. And they watch us and paying attention to how we roll. I, I was like, you know what? I'm not safe. <laughs> I'm listen, I'm not safe as a black woman. And I'm I'm human. <laughs> Harry, I already know. Listen, terrestrials, if you hear us, see us with us, don't come out. Like just Look, it, take it, over, take over. But imagine, don't. Babs. Imagine, Babs. The the difference in you is that you're just your skin tone. Yeah. Now imagine coming from another planet and you have three eyes or a bulging head. Well, how are they gonna judge you for that? I know. You know, so they're gonna capture you and cut <laughs> you up to see what makes you tick. There you go. Yeah. And they they said they said humans weren't humans. Well, they so know. right. So imagine how they're gonna treat the terrestrials. Yes, if I'm a terrestrial, I'm not coming out. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm a blend in. <laughs> blend in. <laughs> blend in. Hide your third head. 
Yes, I'm going to blend in. I'm going to go to work, punch my clock, meet you off a happy hour. <laughs> you you can get away with that in New York City. Oh, you absolutely can. <laughs> Nobody will notice. New York, L.A., Harry, you can get away in L.A. with that. You, and Vegas, you can get away with it. South Beach, Florida, I think you can get away with it. <laughs> yes, there's certain places that people don't care. They just... yeah. I don't know if you can get away with it like middle of America in some little town, but you know, but I think in a city you could just walk amongst the peoples and just be like, you know, any given day, Harry, when you're, um, when you're in New York city, you see all kinds of stuff in the, in Times Square. Like you see people dancing with snakes, cow, naked cowboy. And you see all kinds of, That's right. You could. You probably haven't even seen a terrestrial in the middle of the street, but probably you're just like you get out of my way. You're right. This is New York. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think somebody's coming from a show? Right? Like, <laughs> I'm sure there's some show that this person is doing, and you don't think twice about it. Yeah. Let's stop talking <laughs> about the terrestrials for they for they for we stumble across it out for them. They be like, oh, they. They know about us. Yeah, we've been knowing about you. We just we just don't want to panic the masses. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I, like you, I believe they they're here already and they're just blending in. I think they're just blending in, they're doing, you know, studying just like just like when we go to when we go to planets Harry, we send up space teams and we, you know, we we take a sample of the rocks and all the stuff. Same thing. They doing it, we doing it. We doing it, they doing it. It only makes sense. You know, now when they come to take over, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> I don't know why they would want to take over because we not, well, maybe if, if they're trying to take over because they want to save the earth, I get it. But if they just want to take over, Harry, because they just need a, a way station, no. Then we got to fight back on that. Then we got to fight back. You know, I've seen enough Tom Cruise movies, Will Smith movies. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I just hope it's something as simple as the war of the world, so we could spray water on them. Yeah, well, maybe not, Harry. Listen, first of all, you know how long it would take us to convince people that this is real. <laughs> do you know, Harry? Do you know how long that will take? <laughs> there, there's already a theory out there. That the government is gonna stage a, you know, a ET confrontation in order to control the masses. So, okay, that theory. Well, you know what, Harry, I'll just leave it to those people to figure it out. I I don't know what I don't know what to do with that. Like I I just don't know what to do with people's disbelief. Do you know what I mean? Like I I don't I don't know what I don't know. If you disbelieve, you just disbelieve. I don't think there's no convincing. I mean, Alex Jones is just, you know, Harry, he's saying he just he he knows it's not true, but then he gets out in these little press conferences after court and says, they made me say that. <laughs> so you know what I mean? And I just don't I, I don't have no patience or time for that kind of mess. Yeah, just, you just can't take stuff like, I mean. Putting any energy into an idiot like that is just, I, I don't even read the stories. I don't do, because saying 
stuff like what he said is just insane. And it, you know, he, he deserves to pay everything he's gonna pay. Um and I know he's trying to file for bankruptcy, but I they, thought he did. Oh, he didn't. He owns a bunch of little companies, though. So, right. so he he's trying to hide his money, but yeah, uh, no, they'll the find, they'll find a way. Get you. They'll find a way to get him. The courts um, are gonna get you. <laughs> you're listening to Love Babs Love Talk on WNHHLP one hundred three point five FM, your home for community radio. Um, and Babs has. Booker T. Washington Academy coming up next. Um, I don't know if Nora wants to play the PSAs, and we'll be right back. Nora? Do you know if the kids have to get the COVID vaccine for school? My five-year-old starts kindergarten this year. It's not required, but I did get mine vaccinated to be on the safe side. There were several cases of COVID in the classes this year, and I'm happy they all stayed healthy. I just keep wondering if the COVID vaccine is the right thing for my child. I understand fully. And from what I've seen, there's been no major issues with my friends or their children. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective and it improves people's lives. Thanks to this vaccine, there's less spread and fewer symptoms reported by those who get infected. Now everyone over the age of six months can get it and no appointment is necessary. Find out more at nhvvax.com, nhvvax.com. Make summer safer. Protect your family from COVID-19. Anyone over nine months old can get vaxxed. No appointment necessary. Visit nhvvax.com. That's nhvvax.com for everything you need to know. I'm New Haven Health Director Marissa Bond. If you or your family have COVID-19 symptoms or think you were exposed to someone with COVID, quarantine, stay home, and get tested on day five if possible. If you have COVID, isolate, wear a mask, vaccinate, get boosted, and tested as needed. Those are the best ways to stop the spread of COVID. At this time, we are vaccinating everyone ages five and up. Stay safe, New Haven. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. I want to dance all night, Monday morning, I'm sick of this job already. With this book in a little while Me and my girls, we turned it up last week Boys love this club, cause ladies get in free
Tried to flip, didn't get tall. Send them pearly whites, time to floss. Got top billing, counted the cost. Everybody knows that you're a go getter. Seven with a smile as you earned your cheddar. Work real hard, and who could do better than you, Bob? You got through the week, I didn't give you trip when we did speak. Yo, I'm JK, and I'm doing my thing with my big sis. Seven and champagne. This is Ace Livingston, and you're listening to 103.5 FM, WNH8. On his bait, you're gonna let a good catch get away. This song could be about how we first met, but how are you gonna reminisce when you haven't got over him yet? This song could be about what you're searching for. You're looking all over town, and I'm knocking on your front door. This could be. 
that song could be about our wedding day But you just had to go to see him That decision left me in dismay This song should be about When I got your call Saying you weren't ready for marriage That you couldn't commit at all This song should be about Instead of somebody when he hurt you, I was there to dry your tears. This song came out, how I got around. See, I came to my senses, putting my feet back on the ground.
Welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs, Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. I'm delighted today to have the folks from Booker T. Washington Academy on. And let me tell you something. They've got two of my favorite people over there. I, I don't know them sitting in front of me, but I do know Karen Droz and I knew I do know uh, Dr. Carol Burke. So if they got those folks over there, then I know goodness and blessings will follow them. How are y'all doing, Dr. Uh, 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 Hickman and uh, Mr. Uh, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. Yes, ma'am. We How are y'all doing? doing? We are doing just fine. Thank you for having us on this morning. We really appreciate it. That's we're my good. pleasure. Yeah, we're happy to be here. So, um, all right. So, tell me I, now. Listen, let's get started. Mm-hmm. Y'all have undergone some sweeping changes over at Booker T. Washington. So let's let's walk through the changes, and then tell me what the what the vision and the mission is for moving forward. And then you've got some upcoming events happening. So. Tell me about the changes. Well, some of the changes is, uh, as you talked about, we brought on Dr. Carol Burks to be our regional superintendent, and that has worked out quite well as she's helping to coach principals and uh, taking a strong leadership role within the organization. We brought in a, a, a new uh, principal at the middle school, uh, Shemaine Johnson, and she comes with a lot of experience in administration and education. Uh, and we're excited about a, a number of changes that she's making there at the middle school. And then we've uh, done some things organizationally, for example, like uh, placing Mr. Joseph as the uh, director of community and family engagement. And he does a absolutely fantastic job. And he's not paying me five dollars to say this about him. Uh, he does a fantastic job getting out into the community, meeting uh, families, meeting parents, recruiting uh, young people and their families to, to come to the school. So, uh, yes, a lot of changes, a lot of exciting changes that are moving us and propelling us forward. Now, um, Mr. Joseph, are you a musician? Yes, yes, I well, You should ask. <laughs> don't, don't I know you from the music world? And yes, I, you sure, you sure do. I, I was in your show about three, four-ish years ago when we were um, promoting this the symphony's performance. Um, yes, Art and I Days. Yes, yes. How you doing? The first came in the town. Yes. How you doing? Are you still you're still doing music, right? Of, you know what? It's it's here. It's it's my passion. It's my passion. But I'm still doing. Music, yes. Okay. All right. So, so tell me about the, tell me about the make of, of Booker T. Washington Academy. So you have an elementary school and what, or yeah, I don't. So we I, had an elementary school and we also have a middle school, our elementary school, our K-4 building. We are on oh. 806 State Street. Yes. That's the one I know. That's the one yes. I, I know right there. Yes. That's the building that I am the principal of. And this is okay. my year as the building principal of K4. Okay. And you know, so, and where's the elementary school? I mean, the uh, middle school? 
Yeah, so the middle school is 306 Circular Avenue in Hamden. So it's physically in Hamden, but it's still part of our New Haven school. Okay. And so and how many right. kids do y'all have? So our, and we have about 500 students. That's our, our wow. Yeah. Between both schools, about 300 at elementary and about 200 at the middle school. Mm-hmm. And so tell me about the, the foundational, uh, or, uh, how did, what was the thinking behind founding Booker T. Washington? I vaguely remember. Refresh my memory. Well, it was really about servicing students in a certain part of New Haven, New Harville. I'm not from this area, so some of my, my knowledge about certain areas of the area of, of New Haven, um, I don't know as intricately and as detailed as, as Mr. Uh, Joseph does. I'm originally from Pittsburgh. I want to get that out there. Let's go Steelers. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Home of August Wilson. I'm sorry. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, August Wilson is from the same um, neighborhood that our, uh, that our executive director, Mr. John Taylor, is from. They are from the exact same neighborhood, the Hill District. Wow. Uh, in Pittsburgh. This is one of the more famous African-American uh, communities in the country. But I'll, I'll digress. I'll get back to Booker T. I can talk about... <laughs> African-American history all day long. But anyway, um, so to serve students from that corridor who were you know, traditionally been underserved. And so the idea is to provide a robust, rigorous education. We focus a lot on literacy. Um, our students have 90 minutes of uninterrupted literacy instruction daily, which means, uh, which includes reading. And we have a, a, a real focus on writing this year. So the two of them go together, especially as it relates to teaching critical thinking. We also offer 60 minutes of uninterrupted math instruction every day. Um, on top of that, we offer uh, complementary academics. And here at the elementary building, that's dance, that's science, um, PE, um, social studies enrichment, which has a heavy focus on culturally relevant uh, material, art, and social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, a large part of the idea is that having a, an extended day, and our day is about an hour longer than others, is more, on, is more time on task. If we give students more time on task and also use that time to provide interventions as opposed to catching them up, we want to, pro, we want to provide them intervention as we see them needing additional time and additional support. We use that longer day to, to be able to have staff members on board to provide interventions like that. And what time does the day start? What time does the day end? Uh, we open our doors at 715. That's when students. <laughs> it was so students come in at that time. We, we open up our because we know we have a lot of working families. So oh, no, I, I understand. I mean, yeah, I understand. I, I mean, I, I so get it. Our tardy time is eight o'clock and our academic day starts at 830. OK, um, then our academic day ends at 340 for our third and fourth grade. Okay, that's a long day for little kids. It is a long day, which is why we have to pack in tightly with, you know, having two complementary academic classes each day. So they'll have, say, for example, PE and art in the same day. Plus, you know, everybody gets a a free lunch. Everybody receives a free lunch and a free breakfast as well. Oh, I was going to ask about now, do you buy into the, the, the public, the New Haven Public School lunch breakfast program or do you all provide your own lunch breakfasts no we, we buy into the uh, new haven public school system mm-hmm. okay and 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 so booker t washington academy is free is it free or do you have, is it tuition based it is a public charter school um, oh okay 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 so uh, so kids come there how, how do how do parents uh, get involved how do parents say you know what i want to know more about that school yeah so i want to jump back just one quick thing you know, I, I must mention that we were initially started um, by Barrick, 
um, um, Zion. That's what I remember. Yeah. I remember that part. Yes. 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 Um, and you know, they, they work hard to get the school off the ground. We are now in our ninth year this year. Um, and two years pre the pandemic, we were a school of distinction. Um, so we, we had that reputation within the New Haven district, um, where we outperformed in, in different areas um, of the academic um, goals. So we want to make sure I mentioned that um, the pandemic brought us all back a step. So hence why, as Dr. Hickman mentioned, our 90 minute block of reading is our goal and our focus and where we're going to really hammer down to get our kids reading and, and learning. You, you spoke about um, how do kids, how do parents, you know, get involved and how do parents know who we are. So we're doing enrollment right now. Um, how are you? Oh, we, yes, we are. You know, we really want our, our children to be learning. And we know that this is the spot for them, Booker T. Washington Academy. And we're getting kids in the building still uh, to get to to get them um, activated and excited for what we need to get them. Um, our website, we have our enrollment information there, btwanewhaven.org. You can also contact me, um, Kenneth Joseph. <laughs> but, but, you know, I want, want to get them in here as well to our families also volunteer, right? We want families in here working with the staff to educate our children. And that's the important thing. It's not theirs, it's not ours. It's all of ours together because we work together to get it done. So talk to me about, uh, I mean, I, I just came off the, I just came off the board of, uh, of chairing the common ground board. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was on that board for quite some time. My kids came to that school. Um, talk to me about um, how do you deal with mental health challenges and kids coming to school with um, uh, needing some ex extra support around mental health challenges? Because I always find that with charter schools, that seems to be a little bit challenging in terms of dealing with some of that, because you might not have the resources to sort of take that on. How do you how do you assure parents that you you can do that or not do that or what's the what's the policy? What a great question. We, so we we can address that in a number of ways. Um, but like most like all traditional public schools, we do have we are required by law to offer special education student services for students who have learning disabilities who have IEPs. So we follow, we follow that law, we provide that. Also, if a family has a student who has a 504 agreement, you know, maybe they have something that's a medical issue that's impacting their learning, we also are required by law to follow those things. Um, we have full-time social workers at both buildings, at the middle school and at, at, at the K-4 building. Uh, so that's a big crux of that, making sure that, that we're meeting families' needs is having somebody who's in the building full-time who can reach out with parents if there's an issue with their child, or even if there's just an issue with a, with a family that's going through some things. That, I mean, that happens. And, you know, in my experience as, as an as a, as a educator, and I've been doing this now for over uh, 26 years, a long time, that means I'm getting old. Uh, that, <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that it's, you can't, you can't, you know, help a child and educate a child in a silo. You have to be willing to help out families as well. And we have a lot of families who have a lot of needs. And so the social worker plays an intimate role in that and plays a critical role in that. Um, also within our framework, you might've heard me mention the letters SEL earlier, social emotional learning. We have a big push for social emotional learning. It's been in the news a lot as politicians have tried to make it out to be something that it's not. But really it's, it's, it's a way of teaching students 
skills, a lot of them are soft skills that they will need in the workplace as they grow older, soft skills that they will need as students as they become more, as they become older in, in grade level. But also it's about, you know, emotional regulation. Coming off of COVID, we know a lot of our students yeah. have struggled with some of those things for a variety of reasons. Again, we know uh, poor black and brown communities got hit hardest when it came to COVID, when it came to death, when it came to families being uh, hospitalized a lot, and we see some of that. So we help them out through our curriculum and, it, and it's taught intentionally and every day to our students about social emotional learning, learning empathy, learning pride, perseverance, discipline, integrity, which are our, our virtues as well, which is pride, perseverance, um, responsibility, integrity, discipline, and empathy. So those are all things that we actively teach our students on a daily basis. Mm. So um, are y'all a uniform school? Do you, are, are kids required to wear a uniform? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. yes. And I, I, I believe in that. Um, and, you know, in, in the, when I was in Pittsburgh, I was a principal at a pilot program where we piloted students wearing uniforms in a public school setting. So not as a charter, but I was a principal where in that charter school, in that public school we did. And it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. It does make a difference. It, it creates a different atmosphere and a different tone in the building when students have to come and, and, and look in that manner. Mm. So um, how do you all reach out to, to other other? How do y'all reach out into the community? Is that part of, of what you do or is that part of um, how folks can interact with the with the school? Say, say if, you know, if you're, I mean, I think you're on State, State Street for the, yeah. that's a different neighborhood than say Hamden. So how do you, how do you connect these dots in these communities? You, you know, it's, it's about really getting all the stakeholders involved, right? Um, we know the immediate ones, we have our children, we have our families, we have our educators, but it's the folks who are next door, the pizza restaurants, you know, the, the tire shop, the Dunkin' Donuts. And, and we have been actively, and he's laughing at Dunkin' Donuts because we've been actively working with them. Um, and, they're, and they're amazing. They've been supporting us as well on the corner of, of States and Humphrey, that Dunkin' Donuts, tell them I sent you. <laughs> but, you know, we've also been this summer actively um, involved in the community. We went to different events. Like this past Sunday, we were at Gatton Haven Festival on Gough Street. Mm -hmm. um, we were at a Q House on Saturday on Dixwell um, for that event. We were last Wednesday in Hamden, because um, the, Ham the Hamden um, town uh, provided some um, some food for the, the community. And we were there just also supporting them, passing our flyers, getting, getting our name out there as well too. So we are in the community just to get our name out there to gather support as well too, because they can also help us in different ways to, again, the number one thing is educate our children. And you know, part of our mission is to make them global citizens, right? Learn to read, learn to, to do your math, but also to think globally. What is, you know, um, in the barbershop, what does it look like? On a, on a radio show, as it looked like, having that, those conversations all about different careers as well. So, so they're not going to come out here one track, mine. Mm -hmm. so, so talk to me about what, you, what the philosophy is for Booker T. Washington. And is there room to sort of ebb and flow as, as you discover new things that are needed or as things arise that you're like, you know what, we need to build in this because we're starting to see that. Yes. I mean, to sum it up, work hard, get smart. It's what we're about. 
<laughs> we, don't, we don't think our kids come to school already intelligent. We have a growth mindset that you come to school, you work hard, you will get, we can make you smart. We will get you smarter, right? That's what we believe the role of a teacher does, right? So it's not about kids coming in and, and you know, we don't look at kids as if they're, they come with bad things with them. We believe that our teachers, the experts that they are, can make our scholars smarter each and every day because they have the training, they have the pedagogy, we have the right curriculum to make sure that that, that, that happens. And in terms of our ability, you know, do we pivot? One thing that we do is we have a heavy emphasis on data. So we, you know, we use data a lot from testing, from anecdotal data, from, from observations that we do. And then we use that data to pivot based on what our instructional strategies might need to do. So we're always reforming small groups to make sure that the students who need that attention, maybe on fractions, which I would probably need me a little bit of as well, get that attention on fractions, whereas maybe when it comes to multiplication, they don't need it. But that we use that data to tell us that. And also in other ways, we use the data for attendance, for example. If we know we have certain kids who are not coming to school, then we're able to, with our attendance team, with our social worker, SEL, we're able to then move and, and meet with those families, talk about them and come up with strategies and plans on how to improve their attendance. So mm -hmm. data is a very big part of that in terms of being able to pivot, but also it's about having an open and like I said, a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. You have to have a growth mindset where you don't think kids are fixed. You know, that's one of the things that oftentimes in education, people think that a kid is fixed, that that's a smart kid. That's a bad kid. You know, you get you hear those things from people. And we don't talk, I don't, we don't use that language here. You know, we talk about the choices that our students make, whether or not they're good choices or poor choices, how they can make better choices. And we again, we talk about you work hard, you get smart. You know, my philosophy with my, my with my teachers is if they didn't learn it, it's because you didn't teach it. So you got to go back and reteach it until it is that they get it. So talk to me about your teachers, because everyone is having a teacher shortage. That's what we're hearing that there's not enough teachers going around. And then teachers are having burnout, so they're leaving the profession. How do you all address that? Is it an issue over at Booker T. Washington Academy? It's an issue nationwide. Um, it's a multifaceted issue. I can tell you here from my experience, I got the best staff in the world. I mean, I tell you what, my teachers come to school every day and put in yeah. work. I, I tell them all the time, we are ride or die. You know, that's just the way we roll. We're gonna, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do big things together. I have great teachers. I have a kindergarten team that is fantastic. I'm not gonna name all of them, I could, but my, from top to bottom, they're fantastic. Turnover is an issue. Like you said, nationwide, it's an issue. Uh, right now we are fully staffed as far as our teachers are concerned. So we don't have that issue where there are gaps that people have to fill where I know in other areas, other school districts, principals are having to go into classrooms and teachers. And I'm far beyond those days. Those days are behind me. <laughs> so, but we, so we don't have those particular issues, right? So um, we have stability with our staff, which I think, again, I think, which is one of the things that should attract people to us is that we have that stability, that teachers are here, we have committed teachers, they're absolutely fantastic. And when you come to here to this building in the middle school as well, we have school, there is learning going on, you go to any, any classroom, you see that's learning going on. And that's because again, we have a strong staff, we have that strong support and foundation. And just to pivot off of that, you know, something that our or ED, um, John Taylor says all the time, whatever it takes. And he is someone that really embodies that whatever it takes, because you will see him as our ED, 
he'll be moving furniture. He will be directing traffic. He will be doing buses. He will be um, building something in the building that needed to get constructed, putting up a smart board, whatever it needs. He is what really envisions that word, what the phrase, sorry, whatever it takes. And hence why, you know, back up to, you know, you have the resources as well. So while we need the, the state funding to, su to support our program, you know, he also does the ED, also does, you know, some grant writings with communities and stuff to get the funding to support our children. Um, and again, I really want to say he really, really embodies whatever it takes. And he didn't pay me to say this either, but I had to say because I, I believe in that because I believe in that mission as well to whatever it takes. So when, you know, um, John Taylor or, you know, Dr. Hickman says, hey, let's do this. Can you help with this? It's like, yeah, because that's how we, we roll, as we say down here. In, in <laughs> we I love it. We, we, just, we just do it. That's right. And, I, and, and also I'll add on to that, you know, that, that mission and vision of Mr. Taylor, that, you know, being the founding executive director, continuing to be the, the executive director is what brought me here. Like I said, I'm from out of state and, you know, came up here on a lark looking for, for something and spoke to Mr. Taylor and was sold. You know, it certainly helped that he was from Pittsburgh and was a, a Steelers fan, the same way I am. I got to get that in there a second time. Um, <laughs> even though the Patriots beat us, that's okay. I don't hold for it. Um, but that's what sold me to pack up my life and come here is because of that whatever it takes attitude, because of that work hard, get smart mantra that fits so much into my belief system as an educator. Um, that I, I, I got to be a part of this. And again, since we are a charter school and not a traditional public school, we do require or in, and also take in funds, fund donations, fundraising activities. So we do look for those opportunities. So if there's anybody out there who has a, a checkbook that's open and a pen with some ink in it, please, by all means, give us a contact. We certainly take donations at any level. Um, so, you know, because we do, we, we want to make sure our students and our scholars have the best, you know, the best resources that we can have. And like you said, as we change and pivot and as things grow and develop, then maybe sometimes you do need to buy different materials and resources. So, mm -hmm. and there's never, I've never heard somebody say they have too much money. That's, that's mm -hmm. just, that's <laughs> so talk to me um, about the, the school's name is Booker T. Washington. That's a black person. <laughs> is there black history stuff going on? Not black. Yeah. Is there, is there black history built into the curriculum or into the educating of kids beyond February. Oh, and I'm talking black and Latino kids because now like this is Latino heritage month, right? Yeah. There is, is there things, I mean, do you feel, um, do you feel compelled or are you excited or find it necessary to sort of um, teach children uh, age appropriate history about black and brown culture? Without question. I, I taught social studies and I taught African-American history. Um, so I don't believe I would be a part of a school that did not center that, whether it was for Hispanics or African-Americans. Culturally relevant uh, education is what we have. And we have a director of diversity uh, uh, and inclusion who works with our teachers explicitly yeah. to make sure that they are incorporating uh, culturally relevant Hispanic, uh, um, African-American, whatnot that deals with, um, it, you know, economics, because, you know, we can't make sure, we can't teach history from a, just, a, there are different ways of teaching history from a class perspective as well. So we need to make sure that we incorporate those parts into it as well. Um, but like, like I said, I would be remiss, I would not work in a school where that was not the case. And you talked about a book or 
Booker T. Washington, he is a giant figure in African-American and in American history in general. But that mantra of cast down your bucket, wherever you are, you sit in where you are and whatever skills and knowledge that you have at that point, you use that to the best of your abilities to grow as a person and to grow your community. Now, there's always some uh, uh, competition between Booker T. Washington and W.E.B. Du Bois, you know, in terms of their philosophies. And I think really, for me, I'm a historian, so I can go on and on, Fabulous Babs, so tell me to shut up <laughs> if you need me to, so I can go on. But the... Um, I think it's a false argument. I think you can do both things. You can be self-sufficient economically. I mean, who doesn't want to be self-sufficient economically, right? What community doesn't want that? And that's what big part of Booker T. Washington's philosophy was. And that's what we want to train our kids to do. We don't want them, I'm, I'm trying to create business owners. I'm, not necessarily, I'm trying to create employers, not just employees, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, we want our kids to see, see themselves as owners, as controllers of their own destiny. I, I raise I raise the uh, I raise the question because so much of the conversation across this country is around this ridiculous idea of critical race theory that is taken out of context yeah. and applied wholesale across educational systems across this country with some states um, tying teachers' hands behind their back about what they can and cannot teach around Black and, and Hispanic culture and history. And so I raise that because I know uh, places are struggling with how do we, you know, they, how do we do that and, and not have, you know, people boycotting and protesting and carrying on out of ignorance? That's, that's why I raised that. Yeah, that's a great question. And, 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 you, and the, your framing of it is, is spot on in terms of critical race theory and the nonsense that people are doing to use that as a political football um, to, to, to not talk about these things, right? Um, so we, 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 you know, you just have to be committed to it uh, um, and, and, and tell people that this, the, the stories that we're telling are still American stories, mm -hmm. right? It's just from different perspectives. And when I was a teacher, I taught my students, you know, that history is about perspective. You have, if you don't understand perspective, then you really don't get a good idea of understanding history in and of itself. And everybody's perspective is as equally important, but you have to understand the perspective. And I think that's critical. Mm. So talk to me about testing scores and, and what the state requires and the state measures. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, there are some guidelines that you have to hit. Mm -hmm. Right. And and no matter if you're a charter school or a public school, everybody in the education game has to hit these measures that are set forth through the state. So how are y'all doing with those? Yeah. So like a lot of schools around the country, you know, COVID is a monster and, yeah. it, and it set us back. And so two years ago, the state suspended using the test schools and whatnot. And so last year was the first time that we used them. Uh, and so we're kind of using that as a reset, as, as, a, as a baseline for us now to see where it is that we need to adjust and adapt our program so that we can move forward to meet those state targets and guide uh, those state targets. Um, we were one of the top schools in the state in terms of growth. What our focus has been on this year, last year and this year, is really growing students. I talked about that growth mindset. We know COVID set us back, set our scholars back for a variety of reasons. You know, when you went online, not everybody had the best internet service when you're talking about poor and working class folks. Those things matter, you know what I'm saying? And so some folks had a 12 year old at home helping their five year old. So, you know, it was, it was a struggle for a lot of our scholars, right? So we know we had to grow them and try to catch them up. So we had high, some of the highest growth levels on some of the measures that we use, like the NWEA measure, 
that the, of, of in the country, I'm talking 99th percentile for grade levels in ELA and in math. So although some of those state targets we did not hit, we know with some of the other measures that we're using, our students are growing by leaps and bounds, like exponentially. So they can make up some of that learning loss that took place during COVID. Mm. So, I, listen, I know a charter school requires additional funds. You got to raise some money. You know, I know, I know you, you get money, you get educational dollars from the state. They're not on par with the public schools, but you get some dollars. How do you fill in the gaps? How do you, how do you, how do you raise money? What do you do? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's why our, our ED is out there, you know, talking to folks like, he, you know, you, you got you to ask them. And I, I know after this show, you're going to give us a check for 1 million. As well. <laughs> no, no. Half. She said half. Oh, half a half. million? Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but, you know, but, but yeah, you know, that's what we have to do. You know, we really have, there are grants that we apply for um, to cover, you know, specific things. Um, and you know, we, we keep doing those kind of things. We are accepting donors. We have different partners that are already, already established that we work with from year to year. Um, but other than that, we just got to keep asking and just you know, putting ourselves out there in the community. Um, we have a lot of good things happening here and it's just kind of getting that out so folks can know what we are doing. You know, as you mentioned Booker T before, you know, who is an alum of Hampton, we, university, sorry, um, the HU, I won't get into that war don't right now. It's, it's, not, it's not my don't place. Wait, 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 Dr. Hickman, where'd you go to school? A proud graduate of the University of Pittsburgh. Okay. I'm from Pittsburgh, but still. Okay. Third time, but but you know we, we just we just partnered with Hampton University where we um, we're offering you know some of our staff members their first bachelor of arts bachelor degree sorry um, at no cost to them. Wow, you know, and it's something that we're looking into. You know, it's a pilot project, and you know once it's successful, we will open it up for parents as well too that that have uh, scholars at our school. That's for any staff. So we have you know that's you know that's for for teachers to get some of that education. That's for um, our academic assistants to get some of those things. So that's everybody. And so when we talk about it being a family atmosphere here, it extends just, it extends beyond the scholars and their families, but it also extends to our employees, right? Mm -hmm. so we also make sure that we try to, to, to support our family, our teachers and their families the best way they can, you, you know? So I think that that's important. And again, I'm older than a lot of my staff. I'm at that point in my career. <laughs> so I oftentimes find myself, you know, just giving other <laughs> advice to them that, you know, a principal might not normally do. You know what I'm saying? So it might be financial advice or things like that. Cause I know, you know, this gray hair has given me a little means of, I got wisdom. So um, it's, it is very much, we are very much a family and that's important to us. And again, that starts from the top down. Again, I would not have come all this way if I didn't feel like, Mr. Taylor, as the executive director, didn't set that tone from the top. Mm. So what would you say um, to parents who, 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 who might listen to this, who are listening now, or who might go back and listen later? Well, you know what? I'm, I'm thinking about putting my kids somewhere because they're at the age where I got to make some decisions about where they go to school. What would you, what would you invite them to? to uh, why, why and how would you invite them to look at Booker T. Washington Academy? I mean, you want to find a school that really cares about the children, you know, that's the, you know, and make sure that it's a safe, caring, nurturing environment. And that is Booker T. Uh, a couple of things to think about, you know, we're a smaller school, 
you know, this, this K4 building, you know, while the number 300 seems a lot, it's a much smaller space than most of the traditional public schools. And you have smaller class sizes where the important thing is that the teachers really get to know each of, of their scholars. Um, from day one, and they come in, we do a, a testing system. where We test them to know what they know. So the next thing we can start putting supports in place, either uh, enrichment, or either you know remediation right we need to, to get them where they are and how to be successful so that's one of the big things safe environment caring nurturing we're going to push them to be the best that they can be because at the end of the day if you don't give them that opportunity you know they'll never get that we have to give them that opportunity to be successful because they are i like it and what i would just add on is if, if anybody wants to come and, and actually take a look take a tour they can come down at any point in time Really? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Anytime. If, and, and if my schedule was open, I would most certainly walk around personally myself um, because I, I want people to see exactly what it is that we're doing here. We are doing good things here. And, and you know, and we talked earlier about partnerships in the community. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the partnership that we have with the church next door to us, St. Stanislaus Church. Um, and we work very closely to them. This is the building was their old high school here that we're using now, right on State Street. And we have a great relationship with uh, Father Sebastian with the diocese uh, in terms of using these facilities, using this facility and, and them helping us out. So again, that community partnership, those partnerships are so important. And, and I, I misspoke earlier and I wanna make sure that I talk things correctly in terms, because the partnership with, with Hampton is for the first bachelor. So that's not teachers, but so that is directly focused on some of our support staff who might not have gone to finish that first bachelor's. Because sometimes the way in which uh, uh, schools like ours can be supported, they don't always have to be monetarily, right? Mm. Well, that's what we want. So we want yeah. that half a meal that we know is getting ready to come at the end of this interview. But sometimes that support can come in other ways. And this type of, of connection is, is something that's absolutely fabulous that can do that. Yeah, I mean, we really want to also, you know, be, you know, we, we talk about supporting our, our scholars, but it's also our adults in the building, because the more they are supported, the more they can give into our babies, you know, so the Hampton University, we do also between both buildings, elementary and middle school, we, we, we intentionally, intentionally try to provide and support them in, the, in that self care as well, yeah, too. you know, occasionally give them back some time, you know, we don't have the, 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 the funding. But that, you know, here's a little hour back in your day, you know, leave early, come in a, a little later, that those simple things just to get some extra rest, because we need our staff, all of them, everyone to the pivotal role to be 100% to give in and point to our babies. I love it. Are there any upcoming events you want to uh, put out there before we wrap, wrap up our conversation? Absolutely. We have our open house next week. We have our on the elementary school is on Tuesday the 27th at 6 p.m. Um, 804 State Street. Our middle school is on Wednesday 28th at 6 p.m. at 306 Circular Avenue in Hamden. And for any parents out there, if you are not, if your child doesn't attend Booker T. Washington Academy on the open house, you, you can absolutely attend. Just let me know. I'll invite you and I'll take care of myself. You can be some teachers, see what's happening. And the same for throughout the day between either of the buildings. Reach out to me. I can leave my number here, 203-623-6737. That's my direct line. Um, or else you can find me on the website, btwanewhaven.org. Okay. Just hit me up. It's been my absolute pleasure to talk to y'all. It's good to hear what's going on in Booker T. Washington Academy. 
um, it's back on my radar. So <laughs> We're so happy and thankful and grateful that you had us on this morning. We oh, really no, I want y'all to come back and, and, oh, and follow up and let me know. Seriously, come back, particularly when you're having events or starting your fundraising campaigns. Come back, spend some time, talk to me, tell me what's going on. Love to do it. Thank you very much. Well, Thank let, y'all. Let's do either we come to your studio or you stop by the building. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. There we go. You can, a remote. Isn't that what they call it in the business? A remote. <laughs> we can do a remote. Okay, Harry Jones, you hear them inviting us, right? Harry's a, he's our station manager and my producer. So he makes all those kinds of things happen. I, I know somebody who can maybe talk him into that. So, <laughs> so all right. Well, thank you all so much for uh, being such good guests, um, uh, Dr. Hickman and Mr. Joseph. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation today. So no y'all have the rest of your good day. Mr. Joseph, I hope I hear you play somewhere soon. I, I hope so as well, too. Okay. We all take good care and say hi to, <laughs> hi to my soror. Uh, Dr. Carol Burks and my good friend um, Karen Droz. I was who that? Yes, indeed. All right. Take good care. Yeah.